thank you so much for your patience as we've had a delay in sharing the rest of JJ's story. We had some technical difficulties, but because Satan did not want this story out there. But prayer and the faithfulness of our Lord has made this possible that we now have the rest of JJ's story to share in the next several segments. So the craziest thing that happened was that the crazy, the worst thing that could have happened to me at that moment, because I'm trying to keep my composure, was the lights came on. They turned on all the lights. So I could see my wife and I could feel her looking at me through the eye, through the corner of her eye because she's never seen me cry. And she knows I'm struggling and I'm squirming and I'm trying. But then I have my daughter over here that I don't want to know that I'm messed up and I'm trying to conceal it. And I don't want these people to know that I'm messed up and I'm like trying to be cool. I'm playing it off. I'm trying to like act like, you know, lights, you know, there's something in my eye. I'm just trying to play it off. And then he said, you know, if you're here and uh, this is where we want to start ministry time. This is the most important part of this whole time is that if you're here and you're bound by drugs and alcohol, he called several things out, but I heard the drugs and alcohol and several things that I could identify with. I didn't raise my hand, but he said, we want you to stand up. And I thought, there's no way. That's admitting to these people and everybody that I'm screwed up and I'm gonna mess it up for us. And I don't wanna miss this with my daughter and my family. I'm already messed up enough. I don't wanna mess that up. And I literally was holding on to my seat. I sunk down and I wasn't gonna get up. And the next thing you know, I am standing up and I don't know who lifted me up, who picked me up, and I'm now embarrassed. My ears are hot. I'm trying to play this off. I don't want nobody to see me emotional. Uh, I'm, and now what do you do? And he said, we're gonna pray for people. And I'm, not, I'm so embarrassed that I feel like I'm the only person in the hall auditorium that's standing up and the spotlight, you know, those big spotlight is right on me. And I'm like, I felt like all eyes were on me. I felt like, uh, and, but what do you do with all the emotions if the sun sets you free? You're free indeed. JJ, this blood's for you. And the emotions of everything that's going on and the pictures and the flashes of seeing them pull at his beard and seeing them kick him and seeing the blood splatter and 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 all this is going on in split seconds and the next so I just put my face in my hand out of embarrassment and I'm standing there he said we believe in the laying on of hands and he explained that and went unto that he said, if somebody is standing up near to you, please go over to them and we're going to pray. 
and we're going to pray over these people. And, and I felt this hand on my back, not almost immediately, but pretty fast. And I went, great. Those crazy white Christians behind me are putting their hands on my back, and now everybody knows I'm embarrassed, but I'm hearing J.J. at the sunset, you're free, you're free indeed. Just blessed for you. Can mend the heart, it can heal the sick, and I'm just, I know, I'm just caught in the middle of this crazy emotional roller coaster, and I want to get off, but I can't. And then he begins to pray. I hear, feel this on my back, and he begins to pray like the man knew me from the from the time I was in birth, and he prayed that way. And that was starting to make me want to get even more emotional because how in the world, and that's what I tell everybody when I get ready to tell my message, touch someone next to you and tell them it's a setup. And it was a setup from the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. And to get me all culminating to this moment right here in time. And... I feel the hand on my back. He's praying like he's been at mailbox. And the next thing you know, I hear real deep in my being, just look. Look around you. And I didn't want to open my eyes because they would see my bloodshot eyes and knew that I was crying and that what was I emotional about. And I didn't even know what I was emotional about. But I look over and it's not the crazy white people behind me. It's my 11-year-old little girl with her hand on my back, one hand in the air, tears streaming down her little cheeks. I can still see them today. As fast as a tear can come off her cheeks. And she's got her face to heaven, and she's crying out to God for me. Nobody can do anything like that. He used the very thing that I rejected to draw me to himself. And I'm then I lost it. I couldn't take it anymore. And he says, if you're here and you're a Christian and you want to know what it is to be a Christian and you want to live for Jesus and you're ready to repent of your sins and you want to, and I was ready to run. But then my daughter reached up and grabbed my hand, both of us weeping. My wife is now weeping. I mean, there's not a dry eye in the house, I don't think. And I, I look at her, and she says, Dad, I'm not her dad. Her dad's over there. I didn't raise her. I don't deserve this. The grace of God and the love of God is so extravagant that our pea brain minds can never understand how vast his love and mercy is towards us. Some of us do pick up a little bit on it and take advantage of it. We even cheapen it. We water it down. We do a lot of things with it. But at that moment, she reached up and said, Dad, I want to go down there. And it wasn't that far. And I picked her up in my arms, and we were the very first one. Imagine, I got an 11-year-old little girl. This ain't no baby. I've got her in my arms holding her and I'm 
run. I don't feel, I don't even feel my feet hit the ground. I just, next thing you know, I'm in the front and we're both weeping and I've got her in my arms. And that day I received Jesus Christ in my heart and Jesus came into my heart and did what I call spiritual surgery. He went in, in a split second, went into my chest and took my heart out of my chest and kissed all my pains. And that day, I was never the same. That day, I came home and I took everything that was in my refrigerator, that was alcohol, anything related, I picked it up, I got it out of my... Now my wife is looking at me like, what in the world is going on here? If anybody needs to write a book and tell a story, is my wife. This guy's running after drugs and chasing women and running around, and this guy's crazy. I feel like I was married to the devil, and now all of a sudden, he's this Christian, crazy Christian. I had magazines that I didn't want. I grabbed them and ripped them threw him in a deal, and you know, I don't know why I did this. This was just crazy. I was out of my mind, but I was a, I was a new person. I didn't, I, I, and, and, and I, I had told God, you have to take this desire. I love these drugs. I love girls and women and running and doing that. I love it too much. You gotta take it away from me. I don't want my boys to ever wonder who they are, like I had to wonder who I was. That's a whole nother story. The real reason why I do what I do is not really, that's the story. But uh, that day, everything changed. My wife had some little stuff she had bought on sale and she was gonna put up for my son's for Halloween, whenever it came up and she was going to decorate, I ripped up skeletons. I said, there ain't no demons in this house. There's none of that stuff in this house. She had a son that was already, you know, graduating high school. And I told, brought him into the room. And I used to drink with him. I used to drink with his friends, you know, and they weren't even old enough, but they knew that they could, I was cool like that. You know what I'm saying? I was the cool dad. You know, and he was my stepson, but he's really my son. I fell in love with him as much as I fell in love with How old was his, he at the time you were saved? He was probably 17, maybe 18, Critical 16, time. 17, 18, yeah. something like that. And, you know, seriously, he, I, and even back then as I look back, he was already starting his drinking problem. Mm -hmm. uh, and his, his choice of drug is, I go to the hard stuff. I'm gonna go all the way or no way. I'm gonna go full blast or I'm just not gonna do anything. I'm gonna stop and you can't even move, you won't be able to move me. I'm not the in the middle guy. I'm either one way or I'm the other way. I'm gonna go hard in the streets and you know, I'm gonna go hard for Christ. And my wife was like, and now we're getting into arguments more than we got into arguments when I was in the streets and stealing everything in the house. Now we have a religious war. I'm not trying to pick on anything, but we were born, I was born and raised into the Catholicism, into Catholic, did all my communion, confirmation, did all my stuff, 
And the next thing you know, this guy's talking about receiving Jesus. I had heard it before, but I never heard it like that because God was setting it up for that moment. Nothing could get me into a Christian area or place or church if it wasn't for um, my daughter and the grace that God gave me. We still have a relationship today. And I remember, uh, so then I'm saved and my wife and I are having problems more than before. My son that was supposed to be born deformed or Down syndrome because of my drug addiction and my wife's age, she was 38 years old. She hadn't had a child. My my my, my son was, uh, her son was 16 before she had our first son. So we had our little boy so she could possibly have trouble with this one. More now because of my drug addiction. They wanted us to go back then in the early 90s to go to Houston and get some fluid out of her stomach mm -hmm. to, so that way they can tell for sure. We mm -hmm. said no. Mm -hmm. we, I said whatever God gives us mm -hmm. is what we'll be able to handle. Because mm -hmm. I knew that he said he won't give you more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. So whatever comes, whatever comes out, we trust him. Yeah. We didn't even know what it was. It was going to be a boy. It was going to grow. I wanted a girl because we already had a boy. But I wanted a girl because I'd never raised a girl. But we had my daughter. She's 11. And she's turning 12. And she's already a big girl. And so, you know, uh, it comes, out, comes, out to be, comes out to be uh, June 22nd. That was April. Uh, second week, middle of April that I get saved. Here we are, April, May, June 22nd. And my wife has the baby. The most healthiest baby she can have. I named him Joshua because Joshua means the Lord is my salvation. And I would speak to her tummy and I would speak the word of God. At night, I would read the Bible to her tummy and speak into this baby. I was a radical. I'm telling you, when I go one way, I'm going to go. And I, that's why I didn't like nothing that any kind of drug that made you slow down, I gotta go fast. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna go nothing that goes round and round and round, but I want something that's gonna take me where I need to go. I didn't like being inebriated. Uh, and still to this day, some things never leave you. Mm -hmm. I've been in places that I, it is God's grace. When he said, yet while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you, I understand that scripture because I should have lost my life several times before that. And and here we are now. It's getting later in the season and the child is born. And, oh, my God, I'm happy. I'm, I go find this little. I'm looking for a church. I know I need to go. I got to go read. I, gotta, I couldn't get enough of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just get enough of it. I felt like I was a kid in a candy store with only a nickel in my hand. And I was like... And so I went into this church, and I didn't know if it was what kind of church it was. I just knew I needed to go to church. And I walked into this church, and I didn't know it was a Pentecostal church. So you got to understand something. I went from where Catholic, where nothing moves. I'm not making fun of nobody. But yeah. But now I'm in this room where everything is moving, and I'm going, <laughs> what in the world? is this and I'm looking and they're talking in languages that I'm like what is 
I'm trying to pay attention. Was that Spanish? Is it some kind of Portuguese? What is that? And I'm like, okay. And so finally it settled down. They had two swinging doors in the back. And I said, I'm going to sit right here in the corner. Because these people get weird and I'm out of here, man. These people are crazy. And then the guy started preaching like he had been in my mailbox. And I even stood up and looked around. I'm like, who in the heck knows me in here? Somebody told this guy I was coming today. But there nobody told him. I didn't even know where I was going. It was God setting it's a setup the whole time. And so now I'm coming home and I'm excited. I even get baptized. My wife doesn't come to my baptism. Nobody now I'm I I didn't really flip. My family, I didn't expect. My mom calls me on the phone and said, I hear you're you know, when I was on drugs and chasing women, she calls and literally cusses me out and hangs up the phone on me because that's not our religion. And your grandmother is rolling over. I said, no, she's not. I said, because before she died, I led her to Jesus. And she's in the streets of gold. And she's mm-hmm. grandmother's rolling over in the grave. She said, ain't nothing in the grave but ashes. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing rolled. I don't get him hung up. So my family's like, okay, is this a fad? Mm-hmm. My friends were like, ah, oh, he'll be back out here in about three or four months. Give him six months. It's like the, yeah. the youth camp experience. Yeah. It fades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's going to settle down, and he'll be back to OJ again. It's been almost 30 years. And so now we're coming along. So now we come to December 31st. 11 o'clock at night. I've been planning this for a couple of months. I want to go back into my back bedroom. I don't want to go nowhere. I don't want to go get drunk. I don't want to go get high. I don't even want to go to a family function because I know they're going to be drinking and I can't be around that right now because then I'm too weak. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so I'm staying at home. Uh, we got space heaters. We don't even have air conditioning central air heat we got those space heaters and my wife is on the couch with my little boys few months old and my other little boys crashed out and i go back in the back room at exactly 11 o'clock i timed it back then it was cassettes and a little cassette i put on a cassette i don't even know who it was all i know it was a worship cd uh, a worship cassette tape And I'm just caught, and I just want to thank God that I am no longer strung out to drugs, that I am in my right mind, and I have this feeling that I never, ever want to ever leave me again. In other words, I was at that moment higher than any drug could ever take me. I was high on the most high. Mm, And all of a sudden this presence comes into my room. I'm awake on my knees and I'm praying and I'm worshiping. I got my hands out and I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. That's all I could say was, thank you, Jesus. I'm not on drugs anymore. I don't want nothing to do with it. Thank you for the peace, God, that you're giving me and thank you. And I just begin to be so thankful. Thank you that I'm this and thank you for my wife and thank you for a healthy baby. And I'm just just and then all of a sudden a presence comes into my room 
that paralyzed me. I couldn't move. The music was still playing. But now I got my face in my hands and my outside wasn't quivering or shaking. Is everything on my insides, my hearts, every lung, every fiber of my being was now shaking out of fear. Mm. Because what was in my room was purity. And I am a man of unclean lips. And it was so real, as real as you're sitting in front of me, and I'm looking at your face, that presence was that real. And I knew that if I opened up my eyes, I'm a dead man. I'm awake. And then all of a sudden, I start getting this vision of a 24-hour center, big, huge buildings, schools. They used to kick me out of school now seen some schools, vocational training school. I saw I saw a 24-hour prayer room. I even saw, it showed me a long line of people because the times were so bad that people were lined up waiting to pray 24 hours. They had hours at increments at a time. And I saw this enormity of this ministry. And I believe that if, if God can change Judge Ramirez, he can change anybody. And I believe that message could change anybody. It can change if it changed me, it can change anybody. And I, but I'm still got my eyes closed and I'm shaking. And I finally get some words out. I said, God, I can't do that. The first thing that came to me, I don't have no money, I don't have no education. I'm in debt because of my drug addiction. I don't, how am I going to, I can't do that. And he whispered in my ear, a voice whispered. It was a whisper. He said, Jeje. And it was such a calming, peaceful voice in my being, not in my ears, not in my head, not in my heart, in my being. He spoke. I don't, he said, I, I know you can't. I'm gonna do it through you. And then he said, I will cause, I guess he knew before my next thought, he knew it. And he said, I will cause the body of Christ, didn't know what the body of Christ meant, to come together to fund all that I am doing. And I will cause your ministry to bring the body of Christ together for a common purpose, and that is my heart to seek and save that which is lost. I didn't even know what the body of Christ meant. So I see this vast homes for guys and taking drug addicts off the streets and uh, prostitutes off the streets, and I saw this gymnasium where we could be having basketball and saw, I just saw all this vision of stuff and then the next thing you know it switches to a sea of people they look just like me and it's just like the picture behind me and it's like I'm standing with Jesus next to him on a boat or on the side of the bank and there's this sea of people and they all look like me 
women, men, teenagers, children, strung out, eyes sunken in the back of the head, looked like what people would probably call zombies nowadays. And I remember I said, I remember looking at all these people that were struggling. You could see the struggle. And I could see that I was looking at myself in the mirror. And, but it was thousands. You couldn't even see the end. And I said, God, if just one of, this is you, if just one of these come out, this day I dedicate my life for this one individual. And God whispered back in my ear, and he said, JJ, I don't just want one. I want them all. I wish that none should perish. I didn't even know that scripture. I wish that none should perish, but all come into the saving knowledge of my son, Jesus. And then it was like, I'm back to reality. Everything's gone. The tape got through playing. And it's past 12. I thought I'd been back there an eternity. So I get, I get up and back to normal. And I'm like, what was that? So I walk out the room. My wife is on the couch. She's got the little boy, my little boy laying next to her on the couch. And he's all wrapped up. And when I come out, she sees. And I'm kind of walking, kind of like I'm lightheaded. I don't know what the heck's going on. She said, you were back there doing drugs, weren't you? And it got me upset. And I said, no, I wasn't doing drugs. And I sat down next to her. And I picked up the phone. I said, this phone will never get cut off ever again. These lights will never get cut off ever again. This gas will never get cut again. You're going to see more people wanting Jesus in this room than ever before. Because this is what God showed me when I was back there in the back. This is what he told me. And this is what we're going to do. And she's, what do you, what does a woman do to that? What do you do to that? You can't say nothing to that. And the last thing that he told me was, JJ, don't ever forget where you came from. My name is Lori, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ.